Yeah, I I believe that uh, people are becoming cognizant of like uh, this emergency that's like uh, happening like uh, throughout the uh, the city. I think like uh, the uh, general population are kind of like you know realizing that you know status quo isn't working, so we have to do something about it. That was Street Sheet editor T.J. Johnston. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from journalists, activists, artists, and San Franciscans from all walks of life, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to episode 45, part two. This is a special two-part episode that we recorded back in June at the Cultural History Museum's pop-up event, Streets of San Francisco. This podcast is part two of the panel we had with Street Sheet editors that day. TJ and Quiver Watts talk about the work they do with Street Sheet and the Coalition on Homelessness. And the three of us reflect on how public and private efforts to solve homelessness in the city are or are not working. Here are TJ and Quiver. You know, I think I think just to echo what TJ was saying, um, one of the things that is really important at Street Sheet is that uh, rather than nominating these uh, politicians and um, you know researchers and academics as the experts, experts, <laughs> uh, we really try to acknowledge that the only experts on homelessness are people who have been homeless or are mm-hmm. currently homeless. Um, that homeless people know what they need better than anyone else. Um, and that from the outside, it's really, um, it's impossible to try to imagine what somebody might need without just asking them. So um, at the Coalition on Homelessness, Street Sheet is one part of this bigger organization, but the Coalition on Homelessness is a group that focuses on mobilizing homeless people to um, change policy and, and make systemic changes to the way that San Francisco addresses homelessness. And specifically, um, to change that way in terms of bringing homeless people into the conversation and making homeless people the decision makers um, in these conversations. And that's so far from what we're experiencing. And I mean, homelessness, obviously, we've been around since the 80s and homelessness has only been getting worse. And, um, you know, in that whole time, the, the echo that we've kind of put out into the world has been listen to homeless people, let homeless people make decisions about their own lives give resources to homeless people, and the response from the city has been criminalize, 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 um, and shut homeless people out of any decision making. Um, so TJ has actually been part of a project that maybe you want to talk about, Stolen Belonging. That's right. Uh, for the past uh, six or seven months, uh, I've been part of this uh, project called uh, Stolen Belonging. It was organized by uh, an artist and housing activist named Leslie Dreyer, and uh, it all pretty much like you know started uh, with the the sweeps of homeless people's property. Uh, Would this be the after the twenty fifteen or I mean, yeah, going around, back further? Around, yeah, around like uh, around the time that when the when San Francisco hosted the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, right? Yeah, when mm-hmm. there was you, there was like this mile long uh, this mile long stretch uh, underneath the highway uh, of uh, of people who are you know have to, having to live in tents. Mm-hmm. And uh, the city's response, you know, was basically just to like uh, send the police and DPW, the Department of Public Works, and just like you know, basically conduct these frequent, recurring uh, sweeps, like early in the morning, and that involves like you know, 
pretty much involves like you know taking away the tents that they use to like you know protect themselves with sleeping bags their survival materials but it's not just like uh you know which sucks you know when you have your tent taken away from you and but this was the middle of the winter if memory serves exactly it was, when it was, like, it was a rainy winter it was a rainy was winter as well yes yeah. and that's you know it's uh, that's pretty oh, that's pretty cold-hearted if you ask me um but uh in addition to like you know taking away like you know their survival materials uh we've uh um we've We've gone out and interviewed uh, people who are like living outside, and we've uh, recorded maybe about 40 different uh, video interviews uh, uh, with the folks, and they've been telling us about uh, stories about somebody, say, DPW taking away your grandmother's ashes, or a family Bible that goes back generations that includes like the family tree. Like, um, kind of like all pictures uh, of, of children, mementos, you know, just like these, like, these precious keepsakes that uh, kind of like people hold on to because it kind of reminds them, like, you know, that they're still, that they're still human beings, that they're, st that they're still people, like, you know, that, that they were part of something. Well, and those are things that, that housed people do as well. So I think. By yeah, exactly. Or, or, or exactly. It's it. like, and imagine if, like, you know, if somebody like broke into your apartment or your house and took away, like, you know, all, you, pictures of your family. You know, you would probably feel that, you know, that sense, of, uh, that same sense of violation as to, like, uh, as you would if you were living in a tent and a DPW worker kind of like, you know, basically uh, throws away all your shit on the back of a of a truck. So. As if taking away your shelter were, weren't enough. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a more recent version. Um, you touched on this, I think, in, in what you said last, Quiver, but um, where is the city in its relationship with our homeless population? Are, we in a, are, we, are things improving? What kind of trajectory are we on? I mean... From my perspective, things are not improving. Um, I, I mean, I, I think yes and no. We're, we're kind of galvanizing. There are um, more radical wins than we've seen in a really long time. Prop C passed recently, Our City, Our Home, which puts a ton, of, a ton more funding towards uh, housing and mental health care for homeless people. Um, and so that's, like, that's a huge win. There's that also- pitted one of our richest citizens against the mayor that was interesting to me yeah absolutely um we had one of our volunteers get into like a late night twitter battle with the ceo of salesforce and suddenly he comes out in favor of prop c um launching this battle between the mayor of san francisco and um mark benioff yeah. uh and then also you know all of the corporations that are still continuing to fight against prop c being implemented um, I know I did like seven double takes when I saw that he was. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I drove past those banners that were like sponsored by Salesforce and the Coalition on Homelessness, I was like, where are we? <laughs> like, what is happening here? It speaks to something in him that was receptive, but then it also speaks to efforts on, you know, behalf of folks like yourselves um, yeah. to just keep speaking the truth to the pow to power. And, Definitely. And it worked. I, I think that there is a shared sense that something has to be done, that 
homelessness is not an acceptable condition for a city that is as wealthy as San Francisco. Um, but there is a really major discrepancy of uh, people's opinions on how to solve the problem. Um, and I think that where the Coalition on Homelessness is coming from is that uh, we need to be redistributing resources directly into the hands of poor and homeless people. Um, and that means money, that means housing, that means healthcare, um, means education, it means everything that uh, humans have the right to access. Um, but then simultaneously we have a force uh, within San Francisco that just wants to criminalize and brutalize homeless people. And so that's where we get you know, measures like Proposition Q that Mark Farrell pushed that um, banned the use of tents in San Francisco. That's where we get London Breed's uh, sweeps that are going on every day throughout the Tenderloin, um, stealing people's belongings, forcing people into jail, issuing citations that people can never pay. Um, and obviously that just intensifies the issue. It makes it harder to get access to housing. It makes it harder to get off the street. Um, and yeah, so I think, I think we're headed in a positive direction and a negative direction simultaneously. And we really have to recommit to um, having a more inclusive decision-making process and getting in touch with our generosity and like not just clinging to resources and trying to hoard wealth, but realizing that there is enough here to take care of everybody. Maybe uh, harnessing the St. Francis in us all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which I, I go to that, but. Oh, okay, we've got an audience questions. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, people are becoming cognizant of like uh, this emergency that's like uh, happening like uh, throughout the, uh, the city. I think like, uh, the uh, general population are kind of like, you know, realizing that, you know, status quo wasn't working, so we have to do something about it. And like, you know, that involves like maybe uh, like a diversity of tactics, which like includes like, you know, uh, navigation centers, but also like includes housing and just like, you know, it's housing subsidies and just like uh, all the, a provision of like uh, services that would uh, uh, help people who are unhoused. So that would be one of the good tracks yeah. that, we're, that we're on. <coughs> one of the positive tracks. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah um, I guess maybe just switch back into talking about the street sheet newspaper. Yes, Part of what makes the street sheet so unique is um, our vendor base. We have about 300 people who uh, pick up the street sheets for free from our office um, and distribute them throughout the city. And um, they get the paper for free. And so every dollar that they're given for the paper, um, they get to keep. And a lot of our vendors um, are able to survive on that. Some of them have gotten into SROs. Um, and you know, obviously, it, we definitely need more jobs and more resources for people on the street. Um, but it is a really good start for a lot of people. I think um, we have some issues up at the front table so if anybody is interested in picking one up um, feel free to take one feel free to donate um, if you don't have cash we just started accepting Venmo so you can find us on Venmo at street sheet um, and all the money that goes into the Venmo account um, if it's specified for the vendor goes to that vendor and if it's not then goes to the vendor program as a whole so we'll you know order pizza or uh, 
do, do things that benefit all of our vendor base. Um, so that's also a unique part of our uh, newspaper distribution model. And you'll see what Kevin was talking about as he introduced us, that it is one of the best, I mean, if not, it's, it's definitely, I think, the most important. Yeah. Paper, and it's not corporate-owned, imagine that. It's not. Oh, yeah, we don't even really do advertising. Very occasionally, if we're like, we fundamentally agree with the thing that is being advertised, we will we'll run an advertisement. Um, we did one for City College, but that's maybe the only one I can remember doing. Well, I think your vendors are the advertisement. Absolutely. I know for, for me it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, you can't not... I guess you could I mean the exist. reverse of that. Like, nobody advertises in our no, paper. Yeah. Yes, yes. But it, yeah. is, but it is good advertising for... Um, I was going to say, you, I, I wouldn't know how someone could live in San Francisco and not know what street sheet is. Yeah. I guess it's possible. Everything's possible. And totally. Certainly, levels of oblivion are possible. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. The presence is... You said 300... 300 vendors. vendors. We have a circulation of about 15,000 per month. Or, sorry, 15,000 every two weeks. So 30,000 every month. Um, so a lot of people are at least buying the paper and we hope are also reading the paper. Um, we do have some really great content. Um, at the front table we have um, our Pride issue which has a lot of stories Yay. from queer and trans people um, despite a glaring misprint. So, uh -oh. sorry. Um, <laughs> one of the pages printed twice. Um, and uh, we not also the editor's have fault. Nope, not, not the, the editor's editor. fault. We also have our sex worker issue. Um, the sex worker issue and the pride issue have lost us collectively $75,000 in funding this year. So if you're mm. interested in helping us recoup some of that loss, um, feel free to donate to the Coalition on Homelessness and just write street sheet lost funding or sex work issue or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as, as far as we know, it's the only newspaper who is, um, that has published uh, all pieces written by current or former sex workers. Um, so that's a really unique perspective that you just won't get in a mainstream newspaper. Um, we also have our comic issue up there. We do a poetry issue every year. Um, and a lot of our pieces are written by people who are homeless or who have been homeless. Um, and that's, you know, that's how we stay in touch with our city and our constituents. Um, and it's a great way for people who uh, haven't started to build relationships with their houseless neighbors um, to start learning about the issues and hopefully um, feel more comfortable uh, building community with houseless people around them. And uh, my, if I may add, uh, at the at the risk of like giving a shameless plug, our upcoming issue it focuses on the Stolen Belonging uh, Project, which uh, uh, was written by uh, yours truly, and that's uh, coming out uh, tomorrow. So, yep. so buy a copy, like if uh, buy a copy of the the sex work issue, the pride issue, and the Stolen Belonging issue. Absolutely. Yes. Um, besides buying street sheet uh, what would like what are some of the best ways that folks can get involved um, you know besides um, anyway what are, what are things that people folks can do who who yeah. care like they're past the point of they actually give a shit now totally um, we're always looking for volunteers um, we publish poetry we publish comics we publish artwork um, we're always looking for artwork especially um, to fill like space and help make our paper more visually engaging. So if you're an artist and you want to contribute, um, you can email artwork or drop it off at the office. Um, we also have an art auction every year. So um, if you want to donate art for the auction, um, then the proceeds from that goes to our organization, which helps us print the papers. Um, we're looking for graphic designers, writers. If you have um, any interest in covering issues related to poverty or homeless, um, ho homelessness, it, 
is fine if you've never experienced homelessness yourself. Um, there is still space for you to, to contribute to the paper. Um, send me or TJ an email and uh, we'll help you get plugged in for sure. Do you guys want to just say your emails? Oh yeah. Fast? Um, you can reach me at uh, streetsheetsf at gmail.com. TJ? Uh, TJ Johnston with a T, 415 at gmail.com. And they're also print, I think maybe not yours, but my email address is printed in the street sheet, so it's always there. That was Quiver Watts and TJ Johnston. Check back next week when we'll hear from photographer Chris Macias. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can find all our episodes up on our website, storiedsf.com. While you're there, please help support what we do by going to our store page and choosing from several different pledge levels. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. And if you have any feedback or potential guests for us, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.